a lot of times the first reaction of people is to oh why is LaShawn here for nine years why has Gordon been here for seven years are they not interested in challenging themselves developing their skills for professional growth that might be the first thing that comes to your mind but when you take a step back you might be like hey everybody I talk to seems to stay here for a long time why is that the case you start asking those questions then you realize that is it the work is it the culture in which they're working is it the value that they feel like they're contributing to the organization and it's usually some shape or combination of all those things if there's an environment that is conducive to learning from your mistakes to be able to provide yourself with self-care a psychologically safe space a diverse leadership what you get is a culmination of staff retention as one of the metrics that signals that this might be a good organization or a good program to work in. You're listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for all things public health and global health, from the sustainable development goals to the social determinants of health, as well as interesting dialogues about the diverse career opportunities that exist in these fields. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so other people like you can benefit from our content. Before we move on, it is important to note that the views expressed in this podcast are our own and do not necessarily represent any of the agencies or organizations we work for or are affiliated with. Hello, everyone. My name is Gordon, your host for this episode along with my fantabulous co-host, LaShawn Benedict. What's up? Mm, that was a late one, but okay. In this episode, we'll be highlighting the positive indicators and signs of a potentially fulfilling and successful career in the public health sector. Whether you're just starting out or considering a change in your career, this episode will give you the insight and guidance you need to make an informed decision. Now, let's talk about some green flags. Let's talk about some green flags. Let's right. talk about oh. some green flags. Let's talk about some green flags. Let's talk about some green flags. Is that annoying? No. No. Okay. So we have five green flags. And obviously, public health is amazing. And there's way more than five reasons why you would maybe look to join public health or signs that you're making the right decision. But we'll narrow this list down to five that are both practical and actionable. Number one is... Diverse leadership. Okay. That's kind of... Is that a buzzword or do we have a context around what that looks like? I think it's important that when you look at your upper management leadership mm -hmm. and team up there at the top, you see diversity. You see no other way to put it, eh? Yeah. You see diversity in age, background, the area of study, their expertise. Mm. Ethnicity, gender. All of that. Mm. Okay. You want to make sure that your organization appreciates that and welcomes the diversity on your team. And as someone emerging in the public health space, maybe a young professional, mid-career professional, you want to see yourself in some of those leaders so you could potentially aspire to one day be in those positions if that's of interest to you. Mm. 
you wouldn't want to see or be in a situation where you're in an organization and there's only a certain type of person at those higher level decision-making tables, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why I feel like one of the big green flags is diverse leadership. Mm. I have two points on that. Want to hear them? Let's hear them. Let's hear them. First thing is diversity in leadership should reflect the diversity of the community. Mm. This is particularly relevant for public health, Mm. right? So we're talking about public service. We're talking about clients. We're talking about services that meet the needs of the most vulnerable people. Yeah. The only way for those services to truly reach optimal quality is to be shaped by people who can relate. So that's a very practical reason to have leadership. At the internal level with staff, diversity in leadership could mean a variety of things. It could mean having a safe space. So imagine you just started your job, you're on maybe month, three months into your job, There's the leadership table where everybody, there's a homogenous leadership table where everybody looks the same way. Mm. The way they look and their background is not reflective of the community. You realize that they're doing something like making a very critical, obvious mistake. You only started three months ago and there's maybe psychological unsafety. You're feeling Mm. psychologically unsafe to maybe Mm. challenge those status quo and challenge some of those decisions Mm -hmm. that affect people that look like you. And you don't really have the confidence that given how the leadership table is reflected, that they will actually take your concern seriously. So this is what causes systemic issues in a lot of organizations and a lot of industries as well. Absolutely. And I think even moving past the leadership table, as a leader in these organizations, you want to make sure that when you're hiring, Mm. you're considering these diverse hiring practices as well Mm. because those are the individuals that are going to eventually move up and be in your position to be making those same decisions Mm. touche another thing that gets both of us excited is this particular green flag and it's the idea that your job makes you feel challenged it gets the juices flowing it makes you really want to navigate the space and overcome those challenges and deliver deliver the best quality work so this if you're in a space where you're brave enough to take those risks that type of environment that you're going into could cultivate you improving yourself and could serve as a really good red flag or really good green flag rather for your professional development absolutely sometimes as someone working in an organization you see things that can be changed fixed tweaked prodded with Mm. and you want to be able to make those changes and feel like you've been heard Mm. and to go to someone in the management team and let them know this without getting backlash goes back to what gordon was saying regarding psychological safety Mm. because you don't want to be reprimanded Mm. for sharing some insight that you have that could lead to any sort of improvement right Mm. and you also don't want to be reprimanded for mistakes Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, mistakes are a learning opportunity. Of course, there are certain things that we would deem as improper code of conduct, right? If you're dealing with partners, clients, there's certain things that are inexcusable. Yeah. But if you're trying something f- within good reason, then within you don't reason. have the 
desired outcome or the outcome that you were seeking, it's important that whoever, this goes back to diverse leadership, it's important that there's a psychologically safe space to learn from those mistakes mm-hmm. and implement them, implement those learnings for future initiatives and projects. So that's very important as well. You mentioned flexibility, and this ties to not necessarily flexibility in terms of what we would demand of leadership, but flexibility in your job within itself. Mm. So you described a sense of rigidity when some organizations are set and doing something a certain way. Mm-hmm. A green light for people who like to explore a lot of their different types of skill sets is that professional variety that's linked to even just one particular job in public health. You can have one job that ties into many different competencies Mm -hmm. and you're using a lot of skills, data analysis, community engagement, knowledge translation. You're doing all of this in one role. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like from previous experiences that maybe you got a little bit bored and there wasn't a lot, there wasn't enough variety for you to challenge yourself. Going back to the challenging piece, this is something that's very good. Professional variety. Yeah, and it totally depends as well. You might be an individual who likes to take on more different variety in the work that you do. However, it's understandable that maybe you just like doing the things you were initially hired for. But to have that opportunity and flexibility to go to leadership or leadership coming to you and saying, hey, if you're interested in doing this, helping out with communications, you could totally take that opportunity to develop your skill set. And from the leadership perspective, not making that a mandatory thing or adding on to the workload of employees, that goes a long way. It should definitely be a decision that the employee takes and wants to do Mm. within their capacity. Right. Right. And we didn't talk about this too much yet, but how do you assess this? So if you haven't taken a job yet and you're preparing, you may be considering a few job offers. How do you know when this light shines green? How do you know? So how do you know this? In an interview, you want to ask about how the team dynamics set up. How do projects get executed? Is there interdepartmental crossover? Mm -hmm. What types of variety of work happens in the department mm-hmm. are the roles in the department rigid and those are some of the things you can ask and they'll give you a key indicator of what you can expect like LaShawn said some people don't want that professional variety in that case it can be seen as a red flag but for those who are coming from an environment where they felt fairly limited that will be their green flag absolutely one of the other green flags that we want to talk about here is the idea of staff retention. Mm. Gordon, why does having staff that are retained for longer periods of time instead of quitting after three, four, five months after they get hired, why is that a green flag? Mm -hmm. This is a very interesting one because a lot of times the first reaction of people is to, oh, why is LaShawn here for nine years? Why has Gordon been here for seven years? Are they not interested in challenging themselves, developing their skills for professional growth? That might be the first thing that comes to your mind. But when you take a step back, you might be like, hey, everybody I talk to seems to stay here for a long time. Why is that the case? You start asking those questions. Then you realize that, is it the work? Is it the, the culture in which they're working? 
Is it the value that they feel like they're contributing to the organization? And it's usually some shape or combination of all those things. So this is where if there's an environment that is conducive to learning from your mistakes, to be able to provide yourself with self-care, a psychologically safe space, a diverse leadership, what you get is a culmination of staff retention as one of the metrics that signals that this might be a good organization or a good program to work in. And what do they call it, Gordon, in project management? Hygiene factors? Mm, hygiene factors. What are the hygiene factors again? So one of them is money, but money mm. is not a motivating factor. It's a demotivating factor. Mm-hmm. Are we yep. getting too fancy with this now? Yeah, if you don't get paid a lot, like it's going to not be super it's gonna demotivate you. to well, yeah exactly right but then getting paid proportionally more doesn't proportionately motivate you more exactly right. so like we're talking about things like when you have achievement there's recognition mm. for it job advancement opportunities growth opportunities when we're talking about hygiene factors in general like supervision type the physical workspace your working conditions the security levels do you feel safe going in and out of the parking lot your relationships with peers the company policies these are all different things that can affect staff retention and how long people stay and if you're interested in learning more about that you could look into the hertzberg theory hertzberg one of the key green lights that are is relatively easy to find is identifying if a company in fact has a good reputation and even if it has a history of overcoming previous challenges let's unpack that lashan what does that mean so a good reputation how can you easily find out if a company you're applying for or are interested in has a good reputation well you could go on websites like glassdoor to find reviews of previous employees however take that with a grain of salt sometimes because people can be salty salty that's a good word (laughs) salty um so you want to have a healthier balanced approach maybe ask people at that organization you could do a quick google search about the company Mm. maybe there was a scandal maybe there's Mm. a good history of philanthropy within that organization Mm. and they have good community relationships so being able to identify is this a good organization over the last 20 years of existence, over the last 50 years of existence. And in light of a scandal or a possible kind of tarnish of their reputation, how did they react in the face of that? How have they overcome previous challenges? That's also important to be Mm. able to handle yourself as an organization with grace Mm. and being able to be transparent Mm. and communicate that to your community yeah absolutely to cap off that example on the overcoming previous challenges we talked in some of our episodes about the funding and the political influence over public health it's likely at some point there are some organizations that have been challenged from a budget and funding perspective in the past some organizations that get funded through the government, they're public organizations and are required to report how much your executive director gets paid, et cetera, et cetera. Imagine if you're 
on the fence about a certain company. And then you come across an article saying that the board of whatever organization voted to cut the salaries of higher leadership to ensure that the rest of staff were being paid. That tells you a lot about an organization and mm-hmm. maybe your interest in working for them. So mm-hmm. that's what you'll those are some of the things that you're hoping to find in a Google search or a reputation search. Wonderful. Is that it, Gordon? Are we done here? We can go on and on, but for the sake of brevity, we will end this at five. So this was five green flags that you should look for as it relates to your public health jobs. This was LaShawn and Gordon, your very, very, very favorite public health professionals. Signing off until next time. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for informative conversations, inspiring community action. If you enjoy our podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. See you in the next one.